And this message, as usual, is, is directed toward their encouragement, but also not just for them, for everybody here this morning and those that are watching. It's good to have you with us that have logged into Facebook or onto YouTube later, and we want to take the opportunity to invite you to be with us in person anytime that you can. And certainly it's always a privilege to share in God's Word with you. Graduation. Probably heard a lot of voices since graduation and probably before graduation. Voices congratulating you on your achievement, just like we did this morning here. Some, I'm sure, have asked you guys, what do you plan to do next? And there's others that have given you advice. And the list really can go on and on and on about the voices that we hear. Fact is, you're going to hear voices telling you something pretty well all the time. And you thought you were going to get a little break from that. After we get out of high school, we think, all right, finally I'm on my own. I can go out and make my own decisions and do what I want to do. But yet there's always somebody, some voice telling us which direction to go. If you go to college, you're going to hear those voices teaching you new subjects, new things. If you go to work, you're going to hear voices that's going to instruct you on doing your job or maybe doing a new or teaching you a new skill. And all throughout your lives, you're going to encounter these voices. And it's important to understand that some of these voices are going to have a major impact on your life for positive results. And there's some of those voices that are going to impact your life negatively. And there's some voices that you won't even remember what they sound like. But yet we all hear those voices. Probably the biggest decision that you will make or any of us will make is which of those voices will we listen to? I want you to encourage you this morning to think about that question. Think about and choose the voice that you will listen to because those decisions will impact your very future. They will impact every day of your life. And this morning, you're going to hear my voice encourage you as graduates, but also everyone here, to do something that will impact us each day of the rest of our life. I'd like for you to turn over to John chapter 10, verses 27 through 30. And I've done something a little different this morning for this sermon, just because of an inspiration, and I'll get to that here in just a few minutes that came last week about this very thing. John chapter 10, verse 27 through 30, Jesus says these words, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. This is the most important voice that you or anyone else or anyone in this room or anyone watching or anyone listening can listen to. We have the choice to hear his voice or 
we have the choice to ignore his voice, as Christ says here, that he is the good shepherd. But it's the only voice that can lead us to eternal life. It's the only voice that you will encounter, and this is important for us all to understand. It's the only voice that we will ever encounter that will never steer you in the wrong direction. It will never give you bad advice. And it will never have you or direct you to do something that is contrary to the Word of God. Now, I'm not saying that the voices that you hear from people that love you and care about you are bad voices, but we are human and sometimes we can make a mistake. This voice, the voice of the shepherd, never makes a mistake. And that's what we have to know and understand in the world that we live in especially. Some people's voices are lived out in their actions. They never speak a word, but it's the things that you see people do. That's a voice. Whenever you see someone that claims to be or to do something and you see that confirmed, then you know it's trustworthy. And then when you see someone that claims to be or to do something and you see the opposite, then you know that voice is not trustworthy. You're going to hear voices, especially if you go to college or if you're around college campuses today. And it doesn't matter if it's a public university or a private university, those colleges that I have been associated with in one form or fashion or another, you're going to hear voices that tell you there's no God. You're going to hear voices that's going to tell you there's no such thing as heaven or hell. You will say voices or hear voices that will say that the concept of sin and the Bible are just there to control you. And rest assured this morning, they will come from those who do not know Jesus as the shepherd of their life. They don't know his voice, and sadly, the most sad part is, he doesn't know theirs. You must also understand something about these voices. Satan has a voice. And Satan has a voice that we can hear, and Satan has a voice that we can see in those actions that, we, that I talked about just a little bit sooner. And Satan, each and every day, and those that follow his voice are doing everything they can each day of their life to trip you up, to make you listen to that voice instead of the voice of the shepherd. So that it can be fulfilled that as we were taught, or are taught in God's word, is that he goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour and I know as, as a young person, you think about, you actually don't think about. You just have the feeling that things are not going to happen to you that happen to other people. You believe that something bad is always going to happen to someone else. You think that people are going to make mistakes and bad decisions, and they're going to do things that harm them in their futures, and those are not going to happen to you. But I want you to understand that voice that lion that goes about roaring is seeking to do just exactly that to you each and every day. I want you to, and everyone in this room wants you to be able to tell the difference in those voices. We want you to be able to follow the right voice in your lives. Now more than ever, I suppose, your generation faces challenges in this world 
to living a life defined and guided by moral, God's moral law. More so than any other. I thought about that as I was writing this. This group of, of young men and women that's come through this pandemic that's graduated. You remember the first class that graduated that didn't? You know, that had no graduation service. They had drive-up services and, and progressed. And, and we think about how it has affected us as a nation and as, as families and as communities as a whole. But I don't know that we often think about how it's affecting them as a generation. Their world, the things that we taught our kids or grandkids or nieces and nephews, however you want to look at that, their world, everything that we taught them and assured them about was taken and shaken up and turned upside down and poured out like, a, like dice to the Yahtzee game. The things that we assured them was truth is now being ridiculed, condemned, and it's being brought to doubt to cause people to doubt the things that our generation and the generations before taught these kids. And now we're shoving them out into a world, and, and I don't have to tell you what kind of world we're shoving them out into. All you have to do is turn on your television. All you have to do is turn on your computer, look at the news that we're seeing today. That's the kind of world that we are turning our children out. I don't envy your generation. I pray for your generation. Because it's going to take strong young men and women to overcome the challenges that they face today. Because the opposition to God's moral law and God's truth has never been greater in this nation than it is today. And we should thank God for the fact that we were raised up in a different time. And we should always and be in constant prayer for these young men and women as they go out and they face this world of opposition that we never understood. We never witnessed. It was never thrust upon us. But it is everyday life for them now. And we have to understand that. That's why our prayers are so vital. And understand that we understand in some ways as moms and dads and mamas and papas and aunts and uncles it's shaking us too. It's shaking us too, and we care. But we have hope, especially those of us that know the voice of the shepherd. We have hope and are not in despair because of all of this change and this shaking that's going on in your lives. Because of the voice of the good shepherd tells us that none can ever pluck us from his father's hand. Because we have hope beyond this world. This world is not our home. This is only a temporary place. I want you to also understand something else. God knew what you would go through. God knew what your generation would experience. God has placed you in this place at this time for a reason. And he can strengthen you to be successful. All you have to do is make sure that you use him to know the voice of the good shepherd. Because it says that, as Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Last week, I believe it was Wednesday, maybe Tuesday, Lisa Robbins posted a video to the church Facebook page titled, Listen to the Voice. And I'm just kind of curious, 
because I posted it on, on Carolyn's page and Nye's page. And I also commented on our page and said that the best five minutes you'll spend, it's actually the best seven minutes and 54 seconds you'll spend. How many has listened to that? A few of you. Okay. Well, you're in for a treat because you're going to listen to it again. Okay. That has been the inspiration, and I have not been able to get that out of my mind. I'm glad since the first time I listened. Thank you, Lisa, for posting that. I've listened to that at least 15 times prior to this morning, and I listened to it six more times this morning. It has affected me that deeply in just the words that this man spoke. It's some of the most encouraging words that I have heard in a long time. The story is told by Dr. David Gibbs, Jr. Dr. David Gibbs, Jr. He is, has been in the ministry, but not ministry like you would think. Okay? He's been in the ministry for over 40 years as the founder and president of the Christian Law Association. And what they do is they go out and they represent churches, organizations, and individuals that find, that find themselves in litigation over religious freedom and religious liberty. And he goes all over the country and does this. And he does it for free. He also preaches as an invited preacher in different, different churches around. So uh, I found it was just a great thing. I want to encourage you. I went, and I'm not trying to make a pitch for anything, but their website, Christian Law Association, go to it sometime. It's got some great information that all Christians should know. So I encourage you to do that. And this video, uh, this it's actually a video, but it's really him preaching at, I believe it was Temple Baptist Church, is where this was uh, uh, recorded, uh, according to the video anyway. And Austin's going to play it here in just a second. But this is a true story. This is something that really happened, because I researched it, and I'll have a little bit more about this later. So uh, I'm going to turn these lights off here. And hopefully all the things will work like we, we hopefully it will work. And like I said, it's about seven minutes, 50-some-odd seconds long. So uh, Dr. David Gibbs, Jr. I was in Alaska doing a lawsuit. We're way out in the Aleutian Islands, getting ready to leave and go back to Anchorage and then home. And I had a ticket in my pocket to get on an airplane. And a pastor came up and he said, listen, I can save you money. I said, how's that? He said, I flew a small airplane up here and I fly a small airplane and I can take you in my little airplane and you can save your ticket. And this did not sound, I said, gee, thank you so very, very much. But I've got this ticket. We'll just make our way on home, me and this other lawyer with me. He said, no, 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 you gotta do it, you gotta do it. And against every better judgment I had, I said, okay. Well, we went out to the airport, took us by his little plane and I looked at it and I thought, well, one good thing, it's shiny. Then he walked around it, we got in. He's on the left front, I'm on the right front. The other lawyer's sitting right behind me and he started it up and it started up just fine. Well, we taxied out. I said, should we pray? He said, yeah, that's a good idea. We normally don't. I said, well, this time we're going <laughs> to. And I'm telling you, I prayed five, eight minutes. I prayed a long time. We went and got on the runway. 
He starts down the runway. The plane lifted off ever so gently, and we start climbing. And it's wonderful. Not a problem in the world. We started climbing, and we flew probably three, four minutes. And something happened that will never leave my mind. The pilot turned to me and he said, we're going in the clouds and I can't fly in clouds. They make me pass out. I said, clouds make you do what? <laughs> now it's been cloudy all day. And we go right up into the clouds and you can't see anything. And he looks at me and his eyes roll back in his head and he starts mumbling and he passes out passed out cold. Now I grabbed him and I shook him and I said, come on, you gotta wake up so I can kill you. Now we're in the clouds flying along with no pilot. And my friend in the back seat said, we're dead, aren't we? I said, there's a very good chance of that, yes. He said, what are we gonna do? I said, I don't know. But there was a radio right there and I handed him the microphone and I said, start asking for help. So he's in the back seat reaching up and he said, hello, hello. We didn't know any proper radio etiquette. All we were saying was hello. And somebody answered back, hello, hello, don't you guys know proper radio etiquette? And I said, get with me. I said, tell we don't know nothing. Tell him we're in an airplane with a passed out pilot and we don't know how to fly this plane. The guy said, I'm a freighter flying out of Anchorage on the way to Tokyo. And he said, you're telling me you have nobody who can fly that plane with you? I said, tell him that's correct. Now you gotta understand, I am sweating bullets. He said, the first thing I'm gonna do is start circling so I don't lose you because I'll fly out of range of your radio and you won't have me anymore. And he said, I'm gonna get Anchorage Emergency for you. And Anchorage Emergency will be the people that can maybe help you try to save your life. After about five minutes, Anchorage came on, said, we understand you have a passed out pilot. And those of you do not know how to fly that plane. We said, that's right. They said, well, the first thing we gotta do is find you. And I'll never forget what this man at Anchorage said. He said, my job is to get you home safe. He said, that's my job. But he said, here's the deal. If you want me to get you home safe, you gotta promise me you'll obey my voice. He said, you can't see me, but I can see you. And he said, if you're not gonna obey my voice, you're gonna die. When you can't see anything, you have no idea how disorientated you become. Finally, he said, okay, I found you. Now hear me clear. He said, you're four minutes from a mountain. He said, you're gonna crash in that mountain and die. Follow my voice. I never said, I have to follow your voice? Is that reasonable? You see, I understood without his voice, I had nothing. And do you understand? Without God's voice, you have nothing. Nothing. Finally, he got us turned. And he said, I'm freezing all the traffic in the area. He said, it's gonna take me an hour and a half to get you to Anchorage, and there's a lot of weather between you and Anchorage. You're in for a rough ride. And he said, I want you to hear me. I don't want you to look at what's going on outside. I don't want you to pay attention to the storm, just my voice. He said, if you start watching the storm, you will die. But I'll take you through it. Now, because they cleared all the traffic, several pilots, those nighttime freighters, those 747s started talking to us. They said, we're praying for you, men. You're going to make it, but listen to the voice. That's the key. They said, trust the voice. You realize your head is full of voices and everybody in this world wants to talk to you and everybody wants to be the controlling voice. 
And God says, I want you to be a living sacrifice. I want you to put yourself on the altar and let my voice be your voice. Finally, we went through the worst of the weather, but there was still more. And then the voice came back and it said, now, I'm going to line you up. He said, I'm going to bring you in right down the runway. And at the foot of the runway are some lights and they're in the form of a cross. He said, don't you forget this. The cross is the way home. Finally, he's bringing us down. We still can't see anything. And all he kept saying is, stay with me. My sheep, the Bible says, hear my voice and they follow me. Finally, just a couple hundred feet off the ground, we saw the cross. I landed the plane. In fact, I landed it seven times. Finally, it all came to a stop. And the minute we stopped, the pilot woke up. The voice said, thanks for listening. I watch them crash and burn all the time because they won't follow my voice. They don't understand I'm the one who can see them even when they can't see me. But they get the voices in their head and they kill themselves. They self-destruct. Thanks for listening to the voice. Then they put us in a motel room at about four in the morning, knock at my door. And I open the door and man was standing there. He said, hello, David. I said, you're the voice. You're the one who got me home. He said, I am. Do you understand one day you're going to stand before him and say, you were the voice. You're the voice that brought me home. If you're not on that altar as a living sacrifice, your head's full of voices. And then we wonder why kids crash and burn. We wonder why marriages are shattered. And the Lord's saying, I'm the one who has the voice. All I can remember is that voice saying, stay with me. Stay with me. Don't listen to what's going on in your head and don't watch the storm. Stay with me. And I'll take you through. Tonight you have a God who has promised to take you through a living sacrifice holy. Lisa had no idea when she posted that that I would watch it. I had no idea when I watched it that it would lay so heavy on my heart that I would be preaching about that video today. But there is so much wisdom in that for each of us about which voice we will follow. I looked up and searched and searched and searched. It took me about 30 minutes and I finally found a picture of Anchorage International Airport <coughs> pilot's view it's actually a video, so I couldn't put it up, of the runway coming in. And there's a cross there. I've told you plenty of stories out of the pulpit, but whenever you hear me get emotional, you know that it's really not just a story, it's something that happened. And if you, you could hear the emotion in that man's voice. This is something that really happened to him. But the, in that, 
the wisdom that he, he partakes or, or imparts to us, rather, uh, is far greater than the event that happened to him. And that's why I've listened to it now probably 20 times, and I encourage you to continue to listen to it. Go on to the Facebook page. Uh, save it to your page so you can go back and listen because every time I listen to it, I hear something a little more about how that the events of that, and I'm not going to try to re-preach his story because it's his story, not mine to tell. But the wisdom that's in that story is ours to share. That there are people praying for you and that there is a voice and those Bibles that we give you this morning and the Bibles that you carry in each Sunday with you, each time you come to church, those Bibles are your air traffic control. That voice that led them safely from the Aleutians to Anchorage, and if you don't know how far away that is, uh, look it up on a map sometime. It's a long distance as according to where they were in the Aleutians, which point out toward Japan and Russia there. Those men who had no idea how to fly a plane had no other choice but to listen to the voice on that radio. But also, did you notice that he said what those freighters did after they got them straightened out? said the men in the 747, those night pilots, came on the radio and said, they're praying for you. We're praying for you, men. Know that you have people that are praying for you in the same way. Know that... We know that you're going to go out in this great big world, and we want you to go out and achieve all those hopes and dreams that you have for yourself. We want you to be successful, but we want you to follow the right voice, and we're praying for you that you will follow that right voice and make those right decisions. Because most of all, in all of our hearts, we want you to make it safely home. And we're not talking about just coming into the driveway at night. We're talking about what Jesus said in Revelations chapter 3 verse 20. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And he's saying this as he's at the end of when he's talking to the seven churches in Revelation. He says, And I stand at the door and I knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And also what the Spirit says, says unto each of us individually. When you're out there in a storm, and everything around you is going crazy, and you don't know the right way to go, listen for his voice. When you come to a point in your life where you have a decision to make, and you don't understand why you're put in this position, stop just a moment and listen to his voice. It will never lead you in the wrong direction. It will always lead you safely home. But before you can ever have the benefit of that voice, you have to go back to what Jesus said in John chapter 10. I am the good shepherd. My sheep hear my voice and follow me. You must first become part of his fold, part of his flock. And you do that by hearing the word, believing the gospel, accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior, repenting of your sins, 
being buried with him in baptism, raised that new creation after having received the forgiveness of sin and the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's the voice. And when you're raised that new creation, you walk forward faithful. You're going to face storms. You're going to face hard times. You're going to face good times. There's going to be smooth sailing in your life. There's going to be wonderful, happy times in your life. But there's also going to be difficult times in your life. And you have to have the voice through all of them. You have to have God's guidance through all of it. And the Holy Spirit is that voice. So I encourage you this morning. When he knocks, open the door. When you feel that spirit tugging on you, when you feel that calling to come to Christ, open that door and don't shut it back on him. Allow him to come into your life and guide you so that you can be successful, so that you can go out and, and you can go out and you can be anything you want to be and be a Christian. Never allow yourself or allow the world to tell you that there are things that shut off from you to be and be a Christian still. Because anything that's worthy, any pursuit that's worthy, you can do it as a Christian. And we need lots of examples. Whatever this life, course of life takes you or any other young people in here this morning, or even us older folks, we can pursue anything in the name of Christ and be a success. But here's the other thing, the other side of that coin. We can be the most successful anything. Without Christ, we will always be a failure because we will never come safely home. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation this morning. Number 344, Come Unto Me. We're going to sing the first and second verse. I'm going to encourage you, if you have a decision to make, to come as we sing. If you need to rededicate yourself to following that voice, to getting back in tune with, with air traffic control, I want to encourage you to do that as well. But follow the voice. Would you stand if we sing? First and second verse, 344, come unto me.